this is the in focus podcast from the hindu hello and welcome to the hindus in focus podcast with me amit barua your host for this episode in a rare moment for chinese diplomacy beijing used its good offices to broker an agreement between iran and saudi arabia that should see the two warring west asian nations reestablishing diplomatic relations and reopening their embassies within 2 months china's top diplomat wang yi who is a signatory to the joint trilateral statement said the agreement showed that beijing was a reliable mediator the joint trilateral statement itself said the accord was the consequence of a noble initiative by chinese president xi jinping the announcement which came on march 10th after four days of talks between chinese iranian and saudi arabian officials in beijing coincided with a session of china's national people's congress that saw xi being elected as president for an unprecedented third term so what does this agreement signal for chinese diplomacy a new confidence the ability to play a long game dominated by the west a showpiece that suggests china was now willing to play broker in other parts of the world to discuss all these issues i'm joined by dr jabin t jacob associate professor at the department of international relations and governance studies of the shivnadar university welcome to the in focus podcast dr jacob thank you amit pleasure to be here again Dr Jacob tell us how, how do you situate this agreement you know you you follow china closely uh, did this come as a surprise to you or is this something which we can expect as china tries to increase its clout in the world i think this is something that we should expect more and more of in that china is trying to intervene or engage in uh, different corners of the world uh, corners or parts of the world that are away from its familiar comfort zone which is in in east asia and that is i think um, as you mentioned in your opening remarks i think it's a bit of everything it is uh, to show that it has arrived it is a bit of a showpiece it is also a signal of challenge to other global powers that uh, china can and will do uh, what it must in order to increase its influence so i, I think uh yes the iran saudi deal is a particularly uh, interesting shall we say uh, engagement for the chinese but it's also important to remember that this doesn't uh, you know uh, come off suddenly the iranians and the saudis have actually been talking to each other for the past 2 years and, and naturally this is an engagement that several other major powers are aware of or have you know contributed in some small measure one way or the other but yes it is certainly something that the chinese seem to have helped both parties to cross the finish line as it were and the interesting thing is that they themselves are a signatory to the agreement do you find that a little odd i mean you could facilitate but finally uh, you know an agreement to uh, you know reopen uh, embassies or reestablish diplomatic ties are between two countries well i think there's two parts to this one of course uh, i think to provide some guarantee to both parties Uh, Iran and Saudi that the other is going to follow through with uh, its end of the deal uh, is some big power and in this case China needed to be part of the agreement you know to serve as a guarantor as, of sorts uh, but the second part is also i think for the chinese it's important to actually be present in this agreement as a way of showing well look we have arrived 
and look, we are very much a part of West Asia, uh, and uh, we are no longer big players in the region. So I think both things uh, count towards the fact that this is a trilateral agreement rather than just a bilateral agreement. And uh, what's your sense, Dr. Jacob? I mean, this is, um, you know, both Saudi Arabia and Iran are important countries uh, from the energy and trade point of view for China. So what is your sense? I mean, uh, does this agreement sort of uh, help China with its energy security as well? I think energy security is certainly one element of it. But there's a lot more that China is now interested in uh, as far as this region is concerned, as far as these two countries are concerned. China is the top uh, trading partner for actually both these countries, uh, is one of the top trading partners, certainly for Iran. And it is now also trying to push other elements of its economic advantage into countries around the globe. China is interested in pushing military sales. China is interested in pushing its digital infrastructure. China is interested in internationalizing its currency, the renminbi, getting more and more countries to use its currency as an alternative to the dollar. China is trying to bolster its financial system and the involvement of its financial system and companies in global markets. So for all of these purposes, I think, I mean, these purposes or these reasons are just as important as its current energy uh, dependence on the region. So what is your sense now? I mean, you know, having signaled this, I mean, what is China trying to tell the rest of the world? Is it trying to say that, you know, we are willing to play a role which has traditionally been played by the West and the United States. Is that the signal that the Chinese are sending? I think, yes, that is a primary signal that it's not just the United States that's the big player here, that China can go toe-to-toe with the United States in in West Asia, which is really a very fraught area. And, um, you know, West Asia has multiple fissures or fault lines uh, and the Chinese, uh, I think the Chinese decided to pick the one that was relatively easier, say, compared to something like uh, the Israel, the Palestinian issue, for example. So I think uh, there the Chinese are still going to be extremely careful. But Iran, Saudi, I mean, let's not forget that uh, Iran and Saudi Arabia had diplomatic ties until 2016. So they were broken off because of the attack on the Saudi embassy in Tehran in response to Saudi domestic politics, etc. And uh, the Iranians and the Saudis had actually fairly deep uh, linkages in the sense uh, they had an agreement in 1998, I think it was, on uh, cultural connections, economic and trade and investment uh, cooperation. Plus, they had a security agreement in 2001. So all of those agreements were suspended post-2016, but now all of those are going to be revived as well. So it's not as if the Chinese were walking into a complete vacuum. There was stuff that, you know, the Iranians and the Saudis were already doing together. And this was just about trying to get them to the same page. And let's not forget that, you know, a bunch of conditions had to come together for the Chinese to actually uh, get this deal to succeed. Both the Iranians and the Saudis were interested in uh, reaching a deal with each other. The Saudis have been tied up with this war in Yemen. Uh, The Saudis have been trying to signal to the Americans that, look, we also can find alternatives. And of course, the Iranians have been under pressure from Western sanctions. And uh, of course, protests right now domestically, uh, you know, or the hijab issue. So they also needed to show a foreign policy win, I think, the Iranian leadership. And so I think a lot of factors come together in order to 
uh, get this going and which china has and what is i think key here is to note that the chinese sensed an opportunity uh, and especially since the americans walked out of this jcpoa joint comprehensive plan uh, of action on the iranian nuclear program i think uh, the chinese have always been aware that there was an opportunity for them to now uh, get into the game so uh, they took advantage of this so, so what you're saying is that it was a, like a win win i mean it was, this was an easy sort of issue to get involved in as compared to you know israel palestine as you mentioned and what is your sense i mean is this a signal that china will be more involved in conflicts where it sees you know obviously there was a you know huge symbolism to it you know inauguration of xi jinping and as you said what they've been talking for the last 3 years but the announcement is made uh, when the national people's congress is meeting so what is your i mean is this also something about uh, china's own domestic politics so i think well xi jinping's uh, inauguration uh, as president for the third term i think i'm not sure that this uh, matters so much in this context but yes it does make it look like i mean domestically i suppose it does make him look like uh, he's a leader or a global leader or a leader of global stature but i think uh, for xi jinping currently that's only one part of his issues of his domestic agenda uh, there are far more serious or uh, issues i think that the chinese are dealing with but i think one connection to the domestic between the domestic and the international is in the fact that you know this uh, the chinese foreign ministry's uh, statement on the deal actually uh, does not refer to the help of any of these other countries oman or iraq as sites of uh, these talks between saudi and iran before uh, it just uh, says that you know uh, both saudi and iran thanked uh, the chinese for their help in 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 uh, concluding the deal so that's one uh, so it basically again shows that china has arrived china is a global player etc but there's also this uh, reference in this mofa spokesperson statement for uh, you know in expressing china's support for people in the middle east independently exploring their development paths and so on now that's uh, basically code to say that the rest of the world need not rely only on the western liberal democratic model of uh, you know growth or of political systems but that the chinese system which is illiberal authoritarian etc also has its own space and you know if you look at the middle east that's precisely what most of the systems are like so i think uh, it tries to tell the chinese people of course but also the rest of the world that the chinese political model is an alternative that the, uh, that the middle eastern countries can also sort of use as a support uh, so as they try and push back against american pressure on democracy and so on human rights civil rights etc and so on so i think there is that larger thing that is larger narrative also that china is trying to build up with this deal so what you're saying is that uh, countries like saudi arabia and iran you know which are authoritarian countries um, in themselves they would be more comfortable in dealing with the chinese that's certainly uh, the case at least in terms of political relations in terms of trying to get away from american or western pressure on uh, many of these issues such as the women's rights in uh, in iran or or human rights in saudi arabia i think uh, the chinese are telling them look uh, we don't care what your political system is like we are ready to support you no matter what and that's that is an attractive uh, message for many countries in the region 
and china now seems to offer itself more and more as an alternative uh, to the west so i think that's is a very big part of why china has had an ability to get into the room to bring people together uh, to bring countries together uh, to achieve these kind of deals how sustainable this is is one question how useful are uh, these deals are for the people themselves of these countries is another question now china is not concerned about that china is only talking about or concerned about whether ruling regimes in these countries can support or help china achieve its interests and one of those interests is countering the us in the region so are you trying to suggest dr jacob that you know with this unprecedented third term of xi jinping uh, and obviously china's growing cloud everywhere you know it's visible you know china's growing relationship with russia you know the conflict over the indo pacific as it is now called all these seem to suggest that china now feels that it is ready to assert itself on the world stage in a manner that it has not done so previously i think yes that is a reasonable assumption to make i would just say that uh, it's not going to be easy i think to sort of get back to one question before whether china would get involved in such uh, conflict negotiations or mediation in other parts of the world uh, i think we'll need to wait and watch this will be on a case by case basis certainly the chinese have taken some pressure off themselves uh, to get involved for example in the russia ukraine conflict Uh, as a mediator because there's also this pressure that because the chinese are so close to the russians maybe they can prevail over the russians to you know step back from the conflict now that's not something that the chinese want to do because clearly that conflict ties down european powers the united states in a part of the world far away from china and reduces pressure on china in east asia so the chinese i don't think have a problem with that conflict continuing and the us and european countries being distracted uh, but elsewhere i think where they can score small wins where uh, you know where it is of little cost to them where even failure uh, you know doesn't stick i think the chinese will continue to do this even in the iran saudi case i mean it's anybody's guess how long this deal will last right the chinese the specific interests of iran or saudi are actually mentioned in this trilateral statement for example the ending of the uh, war in yemen and you know the proxy war essentially between saudi arabia and iran that is happening in yemen so uh, none of that is actually stated very clearly in the deal so and even if this deal fails the chinese can still walk away with the glory of having tried something and and you know it's standard practice now for the chinese to actually say well the us is at fault uh and in fact you know the chinese have become more and more vocal and are actually naming the united states in many of their statements as creating troubles in other parts of the world so dr jacob i also wanted to just bring in the india angle to this uh you know from what my colleague swasini heather writes in the hindu today uh, india has maintained a silence so far on this agreement so what is your sense how does this uh, you know pan out for india so I think staying silent is no good. I mean if the Americans have come out and immediately and said well you know this is a good thing if it maintains peace and stability in the region I think it's good for us as well. And you know I I think we have to give credit where credit is due. But what it suggests is also uh that it's not enough for India to simply I mean India has had has actually massively improved its relations with Saudi Arabia uh, the United Arab Emirates uh in the last few years but it's 
you know, I think this deal suggests on this Chinese play suggests that every time we achieve something, you know, the next uh, level takes even more effort to achieve. And we, we really, I think this is good for us in a sense that it tells us what more we need to do in, a, in order to, you know, increase our standing in the region. I, I wouldn't say that it is necessarily a bad thing for us. But for example, take the case of the Taliban. The Taliban have actually welcomed the deal, but not just welcomed the deal, they've also praised the Chinese for helping uh, put the deal together. Now, this suggests that and so this deal will actually have knock-on effects in Afghanistan, in Pakistan, and so on. So it, if anything, it suggests that we should now be paying much more attention to the West uh, and see how we can, uh, you know, for example, you know, what is our policy on the Taliban, on engagement with the Taliban regime in Kabul? We need to get a fix on these policies and not leave them hanging uh, for too long. Some people might say that, well, you know, we can't be rushed because of the Chinese and this deal might yet fall. But that is a default uh, position of letting things happen rather than actively trying to shape the environment. And this is what I think our lesson from this uh, exercise is, that the Chinese are actively trying to seek, uh, to shape the environment, the external environment around them. And uh, India needs to do better at doing uh, that too. So, so what you're saying is that uh, there could be some larger diplomatic lessons for India from the Chinese role in this uh, trilateral or uh, in this joint trilateral statement, as it's been called. I agree. I mean, one doesn't normally give the Chinese credit for expertise in West Asia, but they've had a special envoy for West Asia for several years now. So. Uh, they've got a very large bank of uh, interpreters, translators, people in the foreign, in their foreign ministry who speak the languages of the region. And uh, they've been at it for decades now. So uh, I think, uh, you know, we in India think that we are generally much more expert on this region than China is. But, uh, and, you know, we have people here, we have historical connections here. But, you know, how effective have we been in getting those connections, those long historical ties, etc., to help in our foreign policy goals? I don't mean to be harsh here, but the point is that we could do better. If the Chinese can achieve this much, we should be able to do much, much more, uh, given our links to the region uh, and given our proximity to the region. So uh, even in Things like Chabahar, you know, we talk about Chabahar as a in a gateway to other parts. I mean, to Eurasia and so on. But uh, you know, our progress in Chabahar in Iran has been extremely slow, and the Chinese are also big players in Chabahar. So it is not as if Chabahar is exclusively Indian uh, in opposition to Gwadar in Pakistan or so on. Chinese are actually in both places. So these are elements I think that we need to be paying attention to, and we need to be doing something about. Uh, it might not necessarily be only about competition with the Chinese, but we have plenty more that we can and should achieve in West Asia than we have been so far. Before I let you go, uh, Dr. Jacob, uh, I know you, you've you been very circumspect on, you know, you basically suggested during our conversation that, you know, China will take it as a case-by-case basis. But with your sort of insights, would you suggest that it's now more likely that Chinese will play such a role in other parts of the world? Absolutely. I think uh, this creates a certain degree of confidence for China that it can and will engage in other parts of the world, especially where conflicts are involved. But whether it thinks that it must or it should is another question. 
this will depend on international circumstances i think uh, you know more than involvement in conflict say for example in the western hemisphere i think if the chinese are able to swing countries away from recognition or diplomatic recognition of taiwan to china i think those are the kind of things that really uh, would matter i think more or less now everywhere uh, chinese are, are present i think in africa perhaps now that is probably the next place where the, Af- the chinese might want to do something about it in fact you know these references that china constantly makes to the un charter at territorials uh, what is it sovereignty issues and so on i think uh, these are simply core to show that china uh, is trying to use uh, the un or multilateral organizations to counter american influence so where the you know in areas where the chinese are not a large presence the chinese will use continue to use multilateral forum or the excuse of the un or multilateral forums to say well uh, you know we need to use these forums to achieve peace for example the uh, chinese are big supporters of african union's peacekeeping efforts so i think uh, chinese will deploy multiple approaches they will not only use the you know negotiation and mediation approach in different parts of the world dr jabin t jacob of the shivnadar university thank you so much for sharing your insights into this trilateral agreement that china saudi arabia and iran have signed and i look forward uh, dr jacob to your insights on uh, the continuing rise and role of china in the world and linked of course uh, to india and uh, you know the importance that china has in india's foreign policy thank you so much been a pleasure in focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues in the meantime you can find our podcast on spotify apple podcasts stitcher and other platforms just search for in focus by the hindu we'll see you soon